Hello and welcome to Off the Record this week. If you're hearing this for the first time, you may be an audience member of Adobe Radio. We're very excited to be here. Uh, Off the Record will be appearing on Adobe every Thursday night at 7 p.m. And directly after, we'll be uh, launching the episodes onto all podcast streams like iTunes and anywhere else where you might download a podcast. For our normal and typical listeners, nothing will be changing. You'll just be getting your uh, your episodes a little later in the day, but we're really excited to potentially get a lot of new listeners and make the show even better. Um, Jesse, you're now you're now really on the radio, so you got to watch it. Well, well, I mean, you know, I was on the radio for nine years when I worked at WFMU, but this is such a new, nice new thing uh, for us, and I'm very excited. Me too. I was almost on the radio a few weeks ago. Um, Kevin Devine came in to the Drexel radio station, which is actually a pretty popular radio station. And um, I guess uh, <laughs> they've begun doing um, like Jamaican weekends on um, like Jama- Jamaican reggae weekends. On was it was it Jamaican you crazy? Maybe. Um, but like we gave it, it originally was only a Sunday thing and then it became so popular. They made it the whole weekend. Wow. Um, so, so we, so we slipped Kevin Devine in there for seven minutes to record, to to play two songs, uh, in between like all this reggae music. Wow. And like, there were two like Jamaican hosts and, uh, (laughs) Kevin, Kevin, the most pale redheaded Irish, uh, white. That dude is white. Yeah, so white, and he's looking through me through like the um, <laughs> through like the booth window, and he's like, "Do you think I play now?" And the uh, Jamaican dude goes, "Come on, man, you're slowing our you're slowing our pace down." Oh my god, it's great, it's great. So last week we released our episode with the uh, very punk title called uh, "Off the Record Goes to College Part One," and we're following that up today. We hope this is not boring for you. We had a ton. Off the record gets a job. Oh, is that what we're calling it? That makes great sense, actually. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we got to keep up with the punk titles, you know. Is that a Descendants album name? That is not a Descendants a- album name, uh, sadly, but there's about 3,000 punk songs called Get a Job. That's I true. I think I've recorded about 100 of them. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, there's a there's a Wonder Years, uh, Stay Ahead of the Weather, six inch called Punk is Dead, Get a Job. That's something. I remember that band, Stay Ahead of the Weather. I haven't heard that name in forever. They are dead, just like our aspirations of getting real jobs. Damn. damn 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 i wonder if we can say damn on the radio uh wait are they gonna make us bleep out curses no jesse i mean there'd be no show that. there'd be no show my dad would stop listening <laughs> and your dad would stop having concerns and i think our parents have really started to to take a liking to emailing us concerns over our podcast last week we ended with college life let's let's start with intern life i have only had one internship. Jesse, did you did you uh, intern? Oh, I had a lot of internships. I interned at a, like a studio when I was young where we did, uh, it was where the Fuji's The Game was made. That was really interesting because I was like a punk kid and they were making hip hop records and I looked like a really punk kid. So all the other interns were like into hip hop and they would just like look at me like, how the fuck and why the fuck are you here? And really it was that I lived down the road. I think that was my... Wow, that might have been my only internship, at least that I can remember. Oh. Everything else I ever got was jobs. Wow. Huh. Well, yeah, I, I only had one internship. My my sole internship was for a company that we've talked about on previous episodes called uh, Crush Music, and I interned specifically for Decadence Records, which was um, Pete Wentz's label under his management company for Fallout Boy. Um, and it went really poorly for me. How was yours? Did you like your experience? Mine didn't go long. And now that I think about it, I guess technically when I worked at West West Side, I was an intern at first, but really I got the job in like a month and that was like, I was there for five years or something. So I guess, yeah, interning's not fun at all. And uh, I mean, it could be really great learning experience and it can be fun, but usually you're doing terrible things. Usually I, I hope So what did you do at Crush? Okay, so there's, I, I do want to say that I was like a really bad intern. Um, <laughs> you've said that on the, the show before. Yeah, I, uh, it was my senior year of high school going into my freshman year of college. I was, I think the youngest intern they had had. Um, I got the job because of the website, which was really great, obviously. But yeah, I just, 
I wanted to run the website. Uh, I wasn't interested in uh, record label things, which is so weird that I work for two record labels now. There's a lot of, like you were saying, just a lot of junk that you have to do for a record label, right? Like, or that rec- or that interns have to do. Um, for example, like, I'm sure you can only imagine the size of the mailing lists that those, like, bands on a label like Decadence or Fueled by Ramen have. And uh, there's this system called FanBridge, which uh, is like this mailing list service. And we'd have to update all that stuff or I'd be running the Decadence blog and just wasn't interesting to me. And I didn't feel like I was learning a lot. And I I was so young at that point in my quote unquote career where I just didn't know what I wanted. Like I felt like I needed the internship for my resume. Because uh, I didn't think or I didn't know that Properties Act would be, be able to get me anywhere. I didn't know that I'd be managing bands or anything. But I think you can get a lot out of internships. Which yeah. I, I I think with maybe both of us, like, we are really strong-headed people. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe better to not do as we did. <laughs> well, I think the other thing about you and I, and this is probably an, actually a good lesson for people who think about interning, which is that you and I both did so much outside of uh, what we like actually did. Like, so when I'm getting record producer interns, like one of the reasons I got an internship and I didn't, and I got jobs so easily, is I was already doing so much that people wanted to hire me. Like, you know, when I was in high school, I was working at the largest freeform radio station in America, WFMU, as an engineer. I was producing 35 records my senior year of high school. I put on shows. I worked at the local punk record store. So, like, I was doing a million things. I did live sound at the venue where I put on shows. Hiring me was a very easy decision for a lot of people because... So modest. Well, no, but I think that's the thing. It's the same thing for you is, like, it's very easy for you to get, like, a job at, say, J Tree because it's like, yeah, this guy does a million things. Right, you want to make yourself look like you should be hired. Um, Hopefully that's not bullshit, but, like, yeah. But I think that's the other thing is that, you know, we live in this era where you don't have to ask permission to do anything. You could just start doing it. And so much of punk is about DIY. And I think that that's the th- reason why you see so many successful people come from the punk community. I don't know if you see that as much as I do, but like, I can tell you this, that half the time when I see anyone successful my age or a little or a little bit above, it's like all the people who are doing crazy, innovative, cool businesses always came from the punk scene. You'll see it, whether it's people I grew up with are like CEOs of huge companies. Companies. My, one of my best friends won the Pulitzer Prize this year, and it's like the punk community telling you that you can just get into the game and do this without anybody's permission is one of the best lessons to learn. And I think the way that applies to interning is that you should just start doing things instead of hoping that you get that internship. Like, start something, do it, and then when you see an opportunity and a job comes up, odds are you're going to be pushed to the front and get chosen way faster if you've already just taken initiative and started something. Even if you start something that's not that great, like if you're just making like Pup Fresh or something, that's still, even though it's pathetic. Hey, don't make fun of my guys. But I, I mean, the, even, Adobe is their main market. I mean, oops. Um, but no, so even though you're doing something that's not the most amazing, you know, you're not competing with global brands like Property of Zach, you're out there, you're doing something, you're making something yourself, that makes somebody want to give you a job and skip the interning process. Did you call me a brand? Uh, I kind of did call you a brand. Was that was that me, me being nice to you? I think you said global. Did, was that right? Uh, it was, it, well, it was, it was a little bit of a sarcasm. I was being exaggerated. I mean, that would look great on a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag global brand. <laughs> yeah. That's a, very, that's a very Thomas tweet of you. <laughs> Quote Jesse Cannon. Um, I, no, I think the smartest thing now that any either of us will say all episode is that like being from a punk mindset at all gives us, uh, whether it's always to our benefit or not, like this desire to say like, fuck what you told me <laughs> and to do your own thing. Um, and often like while that's not necessarily considered an internship, like it's your own internship. Um, and I say a lot, um, and I really hate when I give people the answer, but like I off, like people will often ask me, how can I start my own property, Zach? Or how can I, um, how can I manage a band? If people ask me how to order test presses for a record, I can give them an answer for that. But it's, it's a lot harder for me to say how to tell someone how absolute punk will accept their reviews, um, to be a staff member. And mm-hmm. I often just say like, you just need to do it. You just need to. Like, even if you don't want to be running your own website, you eventually want to be writing for another website, you need to just start your own Tumblr blog. Doesn't matter if it looks attractive and you need to 
you know, you need to post three reviews a week and you need to make sure that people may see the blogs and that you may feel insecure about them and you want to better yourself and you want to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And that by any means is not limited to um, just running a website or something. It's kind of with anything barring insane expenses. Like that's one of the nicest thing about the internet where most things are low cost, but Jesse, I know that you have all this fancy gear, but it's a lot easier than when you were a kid to record stuff now, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, and, but I can say this about the gear, too. And this is, applies to a lot of life is that, one, it's not about the gear. There's so many studios that have better gear than me that don't make records people enjoy. And I actually made a conscious effort years ago to stop buying gear and just get good with my tools and learn how to bring more out. Because I, what I kept realizing is, me pouring more money into things didn't make me a better producer. Me knowing how to use everything I am and experimenting and taking that time to take more time off and experiment is what got me better at my craft. But there's a point I also wanted to piggyback on that you made before. Um, do you know that really good Ira Glass quote about getting started in things? Maybe. Okay, I, I brought it up for our listeners in case they haven't heard it. Now, if you're not familiar with Ira Glass, he runs the podcast This American Life which is arguably which is probably one of the top three most popular uh, podcasts. I think it, I mean I w it's like the um, it's like the most popular podcast ever yeah I mean minus overall, overall yeah okay so this is what he says nobody tells this to people who are beginners I wish someone told me all of us who do creative work we get into it because we have good taste but there is this gap for the first couple of years you make stuff, it's just not that good. It's trying to be good, it has potential, but it's actually not that good. But your taste, that's the thing that's gets you, got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase, they quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We knew our work didn't have that special thing that we wanted to have. And if you're just starting out or you're in this phase, you got to know it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap. And as and your work will be as good as your ambitions at, if you do that every day. Yeah. So, and so is that basically kind of saying? Well, so what I'm saying is this. Write a terrible review for Pup Fresh or whoever shitty site. Go out there and make terrible records. Manage a terrible band. I mean, odds, odds are you can find a pretty decent band. That's not hard to find is a pretty decent band who needs a manager. But, like, yeah, you got to start somewhere. And, like, yeah, I mean, uh, one of my friends often teases me that the, um, so the first record I produced for my punk band got reviewed in Maximum Rock and Roll. Now, Maximum Rock and Roll in its day was the zine that was, like, the absolute punk. It was just much more real punk. And Maximum Rock and Roll is actually still around, so I shouldn't say in the past tense. But, uh... Maximum Rock and Roll uh, said that it sounded like I shoved a microphone up someone's ass with a, and recorded it onto a microcassette. I made terrible, terrible recordings for a lot of years. And I kept going and I got where I am today. Yeah. Um, and you got to do that. And I think that's the thing is so a lot of these people get discouraged to not start doing something because they're like, oh, I'm terrible at this. It's even the same thing. Like every, The reason I don't know how to play guitar is I started too late. I start playing. I'm like, this sounds terrible. This isn't fun for me to do. Yeah. Do you still look back at recordings from a few years ago and say they suck? Or no? Like when did when did you start to think your work was okay once having enough time to look back at it? You you want to know what's amazing? I never enjoyed a record I did till 2009, so that means I had it took me that's 14 years it took me to make a record I liked that I don't cringe when I listen to. That's incredible. Like that's insane. I mean, but I like that same thing says I have I like to think I have great taste and I have really high standards. And what's funny is, even if I don't like the band, I'm very proud of almost every recording I put out now. But uh, the Menzinger's A Lesson in Technology, whatever that thing is called, the first record. And then there's this band Bear Colony I did. Those were the first two records that like, I could still sit and listen and go, these are great. I did a great job. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I don't know when I like running... For the first years of running the website, I was basically just like a chicken without a head on. Um, I imagine it was kind of the same to you um, when you were recording, just because you find out so much. Um, like you find out you can use a tool to do this or do that. Um, and that's the case with probably most jobs in life. And so I look back now on like website stuff in 2000 and I don't know, 14, and I'm pretty proud of it. Um, 
started to get bored and tired of the website, which is why we, we made a shift. But at the, like, I still think that was good work for the kind of website we were. And, but now, you know, I, I am very aware that I'm like a novice at what I'm doing right now with the website though, which is interesting, right? Cause I think over the course of five years, I got really good at doing this one to three five things with property zach right like like not to pat myself on the back but sure no you did a great job i was or still am like the best at posting news right like i'm really quick you're you're, you're the fucking king right i'm the goddamn king and i can still- i mean i mean but everybody compliments on you on that end of that business if they even if they don't like you they at least say you're the, you're the king right and i can still do that but uh now like the focus is on can i write my own pieces whether they're a hundred words or a thousand words and also can I pick good articles to spotlight and add commentary to? And um, the answer to both is I, I still think, just like I did five years ago, that I'm a really terrible writer um, and that I'm not really all that <laughs> educated, you know, um, in a lot of things. Like, for example, uh, we posted this piece that Ray Harkins, uh, a great guy that runs a Oh, podcast, yeah, that was good. That was the vinyl thing? Right. And meanwhile, yeah, so for anyone listening, it was um, Ray Harkins. He works at No Sleep Records, and he has a great podcast called 100 Words or Less. And great, um, A great podcast. I, I just did about 20 back episodes uh, in the last few months, and I really enjoyed it. Y- yeah, really good stuff. And so this piece he wrote about was basically like, it's great everyone's buying vinyl, but the people selling the vinyl should not be getting greedy, and we shouldn't be selling. So just for a point of reference, uh, a normal 12-inch record probably costs anywhere from 4 to $6.5 per album um, on the record label side. And most record labels sell it for about 14 but we'll, you'll often see major labels or bigger indie labels sell that same record for $20 or more. And Ray's kind of piece was like, let's not get greedy. It's great. Everyone's buying vinyl right now, but this would be a real fast way to get everyone to stop. And Jason Tate tweeted at both of us and said, hey, guys, like this is not how economics works. And I couldn't disagree with them. Like, for example, Jason's really educated in that stuff. And it's true. Like, I actually do know that economics don't work that way, right? Like, you charge for the demand. You charge for a commodity. Yeah, so Um, supply and demand. It's a basic thing of economics. Right, but how do those things work out together? You know, like, the vinyl, like, can you say, though, that the vinyl community is fragile and growing and we probably shouldn't, like, rob them for their money right now uh, while we're still trying to rope them back in. Not in an evil way, but just like... Uh, I mean, this is the problem. Is the free market will settle. It's it, like, it, the, these things solve themselves. It does. But, you know, like, I thought Jason's point was really fair. At the same time, I agree with Ray. You know, Hopeless Records sells single LPs for $18. Bad Timing sells them for 14 to $16. Um, that $2 might not be the biggest deal in the world, but over time of several years, that, that adds up. You know, maybe that's four records or 10 records you can't buy anymore. And so what I, what I was trying to say to get back to it was that like five years from now, I sure hope that I look back on the website of 2015 and 2016 and say, man, I had no idea what I was talking about. I wasn't talking out of my ass, but I was an idiot. Sure. It, it, you know what's great is? I would look, be able to look back and say, wow, I was wrong and I got so much better. Yeah. And that's great. I, I, have you listened to our first podcast recently? No. I listened to five minutes of it the other day and I laughed. Well, I remember I remember recording the first episode of Simpler Sound with Evan and we're by no means like at our sweet spot yet, but it's consider it was I remember the first episode being considerably smoother and better than our first episode mm-hmm. because I had what, I don't know, seven months of podcasting under my belt. You know, mm-hmm. I had whatever, uh thirty two episodes or something. And I uh Thomas Thomas was not like a big podcast listener um, until recently. And so (laughs) he, I think he started like off the records halfway through or something. And then I think like he went back to the start and he was like, wow, that first episode was terrible. Or like I've skipped some of the first episodes. And I was like, yeah, I'm really glad people checked out the show though and stuck with us. And that's cool. I think that, you know, ultimately like us as a society, we tend to like records that sound like shit because we can hear the emotion or the greatness, or we can see the passion. Oh, wow. You know what? You don't want to go down this road, because I will argue this one to the death with you. So let's put this on a topic for another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think this would be a good topic. Oh, yeah. yeah this is next week. We're, we're, we're going down this road. Okay. I, 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 I will argue this one to the death. All right. I, I was just having this about Devil and God this morning. I was going to put Tell All Your Friends as the example. Oh, nice, nice. I'm up there with you. Okay. Um, so... 
we kind of got off a tangent, but I think it's an important tangent for this whole job thing. Because you're going to do work and you're going to get better and all that stuff. And you got to just start. And I think that's one of the biggest things with the internships is like, everybody's like, how do I get this? How do I get this? How do I get this? Just start doing stuff. Just start going. How do I get a resume? Pick something, be bad at it, and at least do it and do it every week, if not every day. Yeah. Just, um, just do, do something. And then we should we should get into is resumes. Oh. So. What a, what a dad. Yeah. Well, so. Can I really say, can I just say something real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before we get into a little more, I, I said it briefly on the episode last week, but um, when it comes down to internships, like when you're in school or maybe high, probably not high school, but basically when you have the time and, and if you're in college and you need to have a job to like pay off your living or your, uh, your tuition, like go do your thing, props to you. But mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to have your parents or a scholarship or whatever to, to help you get by school and you have the time and even if you're not in a music industry program or something like that um you should be using every semester all you can to to find things that you don't like basically and i, I think just yeah, you, you said this last time and i think it's a great point yeah um i you know if you if you get an internship and it turns out to be your dream job and the company hires you when you get out of college or you find another company like it and they hire you when you get out of college that rules but to me, like, what's so great about internships is that they're, like, a no harm, no foul way to learn what you never want to do again. Oddly enough, when I interned at Crush, I, I thought I didn't want to work at a record label, but I, I think I was just too far in my head about, like, I was kind of an arrogant 18-year-old. Um, but at the same time, like, again, if <coughs> if you think um, being a publicist would be really interesting and you um, intern at a press agency and you hate it, move on. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that. And so we can now get into resumes. Yeah. So let's, let's start with this one. I'm a little weird. So there was one year I had a hundred interns at the studio. A hundred. Yeah. I literally, I did the count and we had somebody in, I'm not kidding you almost every day. I mean, this was like when I was Mr. In Demand and like really I was going for it as a producer, not just producer, author, manager, you know, trying to do 600 things. And I was in producing records. I would never take a day off. Like, it was crazy. But so I couldn't read resumes. So I would just say is, sure, come on down. We'll see how it feels. Um, And what's funny is I listened to a podcast with uh, Matt Mullenweg on Tim Ferriss's, who's the guy who started WordPress. And he was talking about how they do auditions. And this was essentially the audition. Because what I learned about these 100 auditions that I held that year was that one, the biggest thing is can, can you hang? Can you behave yourself? And can you sit in a room and not be annoying to everybody and get in the way of the musicians and say stupid fucking things all the time and have stupid ideas? Like put a symbol reverse at the top of the song. Like, thanks. Thanks moron. My point with this is, is that I got to a point where I like, I couldn't read the resume anymore. And so to get hired for me and interestingly enough, So this was nine years ago this month, uh, and Mike Ottinger, who co-produces nearly every record I produce with me for the last nine years, uh, that's how I found Mike, was in that time, and Mike was the one I like being in a room with the most, and that, he's now a partner in the studio and all that, but like, I want to also illustrate this thing that like, people get crazy about their resume, about how it should look, what should be on it, da 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 If you find a way to meet people and you can come off and behave yourself and learn how to act around people, and, like, I think that's the big thing is so much of this is surrounding yourself and being a part of a community where people will take you on and learning how they behave, the things they do and that you shouldn't do and that they do do, and just knowing how to talk to those things, that will get you a job so much faster because every interview or every you're going to have an interview for this internship or for this job if you're likable and you feel like a member of their community they're going to hire you way more than the person who has the stacked resume yeah i think often like until like an employer gets burned maybe uh that the stacked resume may win out right Um, i don't think i don't think so i think over and over again what i see at least the people i know is they hire the person who feels good and has some, the experience they'd like to see. I don't think it's necessarily that like, it's like, Oh wow, this person's like got past the best Photoshop test, but then they're a fucking asshole. And they're like, they have like some loud cough or like they are a sexual harasser. They're not going to get, they're not going to get the thing. No, no, that's a good point. I recently, like I've been, 
toying around with the idea for like an intern for bad timing and stuff. Um, just cause we have actually like three interns right now for Jade tree, just since there's, it, there's so much stuff to kind of get from the past back in line to the present and everything in between that. Like there's actually a lot for interns to do, which is cool. Um, been trying to talk to for a few people for bad timing. And I was like, Oh, this dude looks great. And then I like had a few conversations with them. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Not going to work out. Well, you know what? And here's, here's another thing that I want to say that too is, um, you know what I do when I decide if people are going to have, so I stopped having interns, but I had one this summer. And the reason I ha- I got him was, uh, he had tweeted with me before I read his Twitter. I'm like, Oh, I'll like this guy. It didn't have him quoting Attila lyrics, you know, or <laughs> talking like Lord Franzilla. Like, and I think that that's the thing like you have to realize is like, there's a lot of, I mean, dude, I was the worst teenager ever. And like, I said horrible, horrible things all the time. And I was abrasive and loud and much worse than I am now. And a lot of people still find me that way. And you are terrible. You, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> anyway, um, how you present yourself matters. And I think that's another th- thing to say is that like, there's a big thing of like, you know, it's like, how do you get this stuff? It's like being a part of the community. Like you, uh, honestly, you know, I was thinking about the other day is you and I's relationship. A lot of it carried on because we tweeted at each other a lot, even though we don't see each other a lot. And that's why we do this today. And that's why these things happen. Yeah, that's how I, have, I think we both and a lot of internet people have so many friends that we do. Uh, yeah. Just because we don't, I mean, that's kind of one of the great things to me about like the internet, which is just like, it's okay not to be having, like to have to check in with someone every Wednesday at 7 p.m. or something. But it is like, you know, like if someone pops up something interesting and you want to talk about it and they want to talk about it with you, that's awesome. Yes. And that, that that's a lot more worthwhile than being forced to talk with someone and it going nowhere. So that would be my big thing. But, you know, if we want to give some practical advice on the resume, think about the best skills you have. And it's like the same thing even for bands when they're approaching somebody it's just like find something about you that makes you special and if you can't you better start asking your friends or your mother <laughs> just find something your mother's a definitely man that rule I'm, I'm bummed we can't name this episode ask your friends or your mother <laughs> oh jeez oh jeez um, um yeah I, I agree it's funny I uh this makes me sound terrible I don't really know if I'll ever need a resume I remember like we had a class at Drexel like that was essentially for us to make our resume and it was really miserable <laughs> um Sounds it. I don't know. They urged us so hard to like make the ed- our education like the most important thing, uh, like the top line on a resume, even knowing that we were all music industry kids. Um, mm. So and, weird. Yeah, and I will just say like if you have if like if you have killer experience like that like not that that's you know like obviously you want it to say somewhere that you went to school if you did go to school, but um, I would just say that uh, like. Make sure, like, unless you're really proud of your GPA or something, like, make what shines on your resume, like, what personally shines to you, you know? Um, like, if, that's great, great advice. Yeah, like, what, like, ultimately, if someone calls you in in person to interview you or you get on the phone with someone, like, if that top thing on your resume, they're probably going to want to talk to you about it because. You know, it's nothing personal, but people are lazy. They may not, like, fully look at your resume. Someone else might have looked at it for them and been like, ask this person about uh, bad timing records. And if you want to, like, you know, if if you're way less passionate about bad timing records than um, Property of Zach and you can't speak so glowingly about it, like, that's a bummer because you want to show your passion more. Like, passion goes a long way. And Jesse was kind of talking about that just with, like, having someone that's a plus at Photoshop, but is a total jerk versus someone that's like a B plus, but is like incredible and hardworking and makes you like, yeah, like knows how to show you with a good YouTube video. Right. So yeah, I think, you know, I think that's a pretty good line. Just let your like, you know, just let your passions help you. Yeah. You know what's a funny thing is, is like uh, a perfect example is like when I got my job with Alan Douches, which wasn't my first job. It was definitely my first good recording studio job. A lot of what he liked about me is I could tell him things he didn't know because he was old and unhip. And even about his clients is I knew so much. So he learned a ton from me. If you can show people that that's really helpful. I think that brings us to a, a, another point with the internship is like, so, so many people want to get hired from their internships. And, uh, I've only hired two of my interns in my life, maybe three, actually, now that I think about it. Um, you know, like I said, my assistant's been, or Mike, my co-owner, I should say is, you know, was my assistant and, uh, is now my co-producer, but like so much of like 
interning is like, well, like you, you have these three interns at JTree. Like there's always that thing of uh, like, what's the tale about the too soft, too hard bed? Like the little red riding hood is that? <laughs> like the peas? Uh, no, all right, all right, I'm doing a bad metaphor. Okay, okay. so here's the thing is you have this, this scale. And on the scale of one to 10, zero being the person's too scared to take any initiative and do work on their own and they just sit around waiting for you to tell them what to do. And then 10 being the person who's taking out the garbage and doing too much and reorganizing your books in alphabetical order when you liked the order they were in. Yeah. Okay. That um, works better. Learning how to be the six on that scale, I think will get you through most jobs, but some people, and you have to learn with that boss what they would like. Test the waters because some bosses hate the person who takes any initiative. Most people are going to like the six or the seven, but like... Most bosses really hate the person who sits around waiting for you to do it and then doesn't do you don't do a single thing that they didn't ask them to do because you're scared. Most <laughs> people I hate that as a boss, like particularly. That drives me fucking crazy. Like when I've had interns for the management when I was doing man overrun transit and the ones that would like not do a single thing that I didn't tell, not take the obvious initiative. They made me say, and I loved the ones who, and incidentally, the ones I had who were doing great were all the ones who, like, when I wouldn't tell them, for example, to put the zip code of the the person who's in the mailing list down, they would take that initiative because they knew, obviously, I wanted it, and they would go out of their way to be more organized. That's a killer, killer quality. But learning, if you want to get hired by that boss, learning where they are on that scale is the most important thing you can do totally. when you're an intern, I think. I agree. So, so what behaviors do you like in an intern? I'd be curious. So I, I've, like I said, I've never had an intern before. We have these JTree interns um, right now. And they're kind of, I mean, they're the company's interns, but they work more with Lindsay, who does um, like our retail side of the company. I just like, so for instance, we have this uh, intern named Ben, and uh, he's like my classmate at Drexel. So it's not weird, but it's like a little weird that we're the same age, or he might be older than me. But regardless, like, there is a great example where um, we moved the office from Delaware to Philadelphia in August, and it was miserable. It was like, you know, 90 degrees in August. Mo moving is hell. Yeah, and it, it was just one of the hottest days of the summer, and, you know, we had to carry up steps, and then we had to carry down steps, and, you know, one of those moves. And you're moving a 25-year-old you know, company into a dirty warehouse that hasn't yet been renovated, you know. And uh, we had all the employees of the record label, which was just four people, and then we had Ben, our sole intern at the time, and... Uh, he helped everything, you know, he was phenomenal. He didn't complain at all. He, he moved everything with us. And then, uh, Darren, one of the co-founders of the label, like he drove up in the U-Haul with us. So he didn't like have a ride back to Delaware. He was expecting to take the train, uh, like home to Delaware, but Ben just volunteered to drive him back, you know? Um, and maybe that sounds like a silly example. Ben went out of his way. He didn't need to be asked to take him back uh, and Darren like threw him some gas money or something, but he was shocked, you know, and it, it, it's basically just a form of dedication. And um, we have this other great intern named Alex and I don't know, it's like people think I'm kidding a lot when I say this, but I'm like pretty bad at social media stuff. Um, oh my God, really? It just doesn't interest me, you know? Um, so, so what part of it are you bad at? Like, I don't want to be posting, like, I don't want to be getting people riled. And, that, like, I want people to be really excited about 25 years of JTree hashtag, you know? Mm -hmm. I want to, I want uh, old punks like you to, like, dig up uh, their $3,000 uh, XXL judge shirt, you know? Yeah, yeah, because I'm going to ever have that. Dude, a lot of people have that. Like that. That's oh no, how, no, like a lot of my friends have. That. I would like, like, love, like, like I hate. I would really hardcore. love someone to write like property is like a story. I'm now making a mental note of this of like that culture. Really incredible. But uh, you know, you know who you get to write Nick that. Manga. No, Finn McKenty. Okay. Great. Okay. Anyway, and so um, I'm, you know, I'm just not that interested in like creating a social media campaign. Not. Yeah. Like, okay. I understand. I hate that shit too. Right. It can be really gross. It doesn't have to be gross though. But regardless, it doesn't it's just, like you, you know. What, you know, like just had a had a, th a thing of like watching that band Teenage Suicide on like social media. They're so funny. They're and great, they're like man. doing it. They're doing it so right of making a mockery of what fucking absolute bullshit this all is. Yeah, and that rules. And you know that's like an enjoyable plan for themselves. They would never mm -hmm. call if you called it a social media plan. They would make fun of you. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, so Alex though really likes that stuff, and that's why we brought her on because I like wanted someone to do that but i didn't 
One, I didn't want to spend the time on it. And two, frankly, I didn't really think I'd be good for it because I didn't want to be spending... If I didn't have a passion for something that was really important, then I would be scared that it wouldn't succeed, you know? And Yeah, I, I, it's also hard to do a good job on something you have absolute disdain for. Right, <coughs> right. And even though she's like, quote unquote, an intern, I definitely trusted her to do a good job. And she's been doing a really good job and has been coming to me with ideas and has made a... Google Calendar, which, you know, gave me, like, the heebie-jeebies at first, not just because I have the flu, but, you know, it turned out to be a good idea, and, and you know, basically, and I think the question was, what are the habits you like to see, and ultimately, to me, if you're, just be productive, like, don't wait on me to... Passionate might be the better, not productive. <laughs> yeah, or outgoing, even, like, don't wait on me to... If your job, if your work's done for the day, that's okay, right? But if you're also supposed to come in two more times this week, and... I haven't necessarily given you anything. And when I say I, I mean anyone that potentially has an intern. Like, what else do you want to be doing for the company, right? Like, presumably you're interning for JTree because uh, you really like the label or want to learn about tour press or retail or uh, vinyl reissues, right? Like, that's presumably why you're interning for this company right now. And so if I was having you do lame work, like find some contracts... Um, for licensing and now you're done and I haven't given you anything yet uh, and if you're concerned I'm going to throw like 10 more things of licensing on upon you like what and you really want to learn about how uh, you send vinyl to a record plant like ask me like let me like I can put you on CC on an email or something like that you know like be outgoing to what you're passionate about and ultimately like this is going to keep coming back to passion but you know you're only going to learn as much as you want to learn at an internship unless the person is forcing it down your throat um, and it's, that's, it's that's a great point. Yeah. It, it's not a, it's not a bad thing to say, Hey, I'm really interested in learning about this. And the boss saying, okay, like we really need you to do this for the next two weeks, but seriously, just remind me in seven days and we'll get into it. You know, that's okay. That's great. So, so let's try this. I have had a lot of shitty interns, so I'm going to talk about some behaviors I've seen, and you tell me if you agree with me as I go through these behaviors. What do you think of that? All right. Shut the fuck up. I think most interns are more concerned with hanging out and talking to people and telling you all the things they think than they are asking a question or, uh, you know, trying to figure out how they can be a good intern. They're more concerned with talking about uh, what record they're listening to right now or their stupid idea about when brand new is going to release a new record. Yeah. No, I agree. Good with that. Being mad about taking out the trash and going and getting somebody coffee or as I did to one intern making my the go get my girlfriend tampons as a way to uh, humiliate them after they humiliated us by being such a bad intern. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I can get real cruel when I want to. I mean, that might be a habit I veto for you. <laughs> if you're mad that you're doing shitty work and you're bitter towards your boss, that you have to do shitty, boring work, you're in for a real bad taste of life because any job you have has really shitty work. If you're lucky enough to be successful, you'll do what I did and you'll get an assistant who you get to do all your shitty work for you all day and you just do the fun stuff. Yeah, you still have to teach the person how to do the shitty work. Like, you never can truly escape the shitty work and that's okay. Like, it, ba yeah. it ultimately it balances out and if you have to do a lot of shitty work, not always, but hopefully that means, like, it's so you can do other cool stuff. Like, metadata filling out for Spotify is, like, miserable. Like, that's a, oh. that's a great intern job, but, like, yeah. it's better to know this stuff, you know? Like, I had to, this won't make sense to probably anyone, but I had to, like, fill out all these forms um, for JTree CDs for Amazon. And I had to basically just go through line and lines of barcode numbers and... Uh, album titles and genres and descriptions. And I was like, this is the ultimate intern job, but this can't be screwed up at all. And I'm just going to do it myself. And now it, you know, it took me an hour to figure out how to do it. Now I'll never have to figure out how to do it again. And there is value in this stuff because like so much of the music industry is just one repeated task over and over again. Um, and it's, it's good to learn. Yes, I agree. Another one is when to ask questions. One of the most important things you can ask your boss is when it's okay to ask questions. Or can I ask a question now? Writing down your questions in your phone and asking them at the appropriate time. Great habit to do. I've had two sides of it. Of the people who ask zero questions don't take advantage of the, their internship. Like, if you really want to do some talking, it should be learning about all the things you could be doing and saving those questions for people. 
But then the other side of it is, is the person like you know I listen for a living. Basically, as a record producer, I have to always be listening. Really Asking me questions. Yes. Asking people questions when they're trying to listen. Not the smartest thing. Yeah, I feel like that's where we're different. I like questions. Oh, uh, I do. No, no, I do too. I love talking to people. No, I just feel like it's way easier. Podcast. You know, like if anyone comes up to my my office in the Chaintree office, like it's very rare that I'm like, go away right now. Um, because I, you know, I'm usually either like writing a blog post, answering an email or film, filling out a form and that's fine. But I think it, I think it's kind of job dependent maybe, you know? Yeah. It's more of that. Like I have no problem doing it on my days when I'm working on the book or I'm working on, um, marketing for, my books or my new project that I'm doing now. If like, you know, so like I've had an intern, for example, who's done some work for the book. That's fine. Ask me questions all day, but not when I'm listening to a master, for example. But yeah, I think those are the main habits to consider when you're an intern about how you'll eventually, whether you're actually going to get hired and get a good recommendation. I think the thing to also remember too is that so many people only want to do an internship that gets them hired and most internships don't hire. Mm. What most internships do is they make you connections of people. So here's a great example. So Ashley, who does the showcase for you. Yes. Ashley is uh, actually a lot of the behaviors we've described in this. She embodies them. Yeah, she's great. So when Ashley asked me for advice about an internship, even though I didn't have an internship, I'm happy because I know she'll do a great job. I gave her the list of everybody I knew. I even took a few days to think about it. I'd write them down when I'd remember somebody because I will go out of my way for her because she's been so great. And, you know, she did interning for my friend Finn as well. And I know she's good. (coughs) Yeah, she asked me for a favor the other day. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Of course, yeah. And, like, the thing is, is if you're a really great person in the office – People are going to go out of their way and take their time to try to get you somewhere good and know that you do it. And you, what I could also say is this for any of the professionals that were listening. If you don't do that for people, you're really fucking up. Because I will tell you this. I've gotten around, some, man. Oh, I've gotten some of the best jobs and opportunities from people who I now helped like 10 years ago. You mean ago. like me? Oh, actually, that you are um, a great example. Um, maybe like, for this yeah, episode, yeah. the best yeah. example, right? Like, yeah, you like, like you were somebody I was always... Jesse nice was a, 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 like the first, I would say, I guess, to, to pat his back, like a, a mentor to me with a website. Uh, I really didn't know what I was doing and Jesse took an interest in me and I asked him a lot of questions. Actually, this is a really good example, right? Like I would ask Jesse questions all the time. For years, I still do, and we ask each other questions now. But it was more like now. Now I learned just as much from you as you probably learned from right, me. Right, right. But in the beginning, it would be like I just had no idea what was up because uh, I mm. hadn't experienced anything yet. And um, I would I would like email Jesse questions all the time, and I, I think I was probably like, "Take your time." Um, but Jesse would always respond. And now, uh, like as just a good example, um, any time bad timing or J Tree needs something mastered for vinyl or we need vinyl sides to send off the plant um we have jesse do do them and that's like a really good example it's not breaking the bank for either of us but it's just a good example of this stuff tends to come back around totally i think that that's a key to remember and i think the other key to remember is you know i have a saying i say a lot to my older friends is that um if somebody writes you asking for advice and you don't take the time to give it uh, anything bad that happens to you. You like you social media that uh, your girlfriend chopped off your penis. I think you deserve it. <laughs> Do I see that Facebook? All right, you know, yeah, you that's de- the end of the, that's the end of off the you, record. You deserve it. That's- you deserve it because if you don't help, you know, so many people helped me and gave me the guidance I did to get here. I, I every time do it and you know that's kind of why we do this show and we're doing this episode is I think it's one of the most important things you can do to share your experience if you're the type of person who hoards that experience and thinks that it's going to get somebody else up a leg up against you you're going to go down anyway because you're t- you suck at life yeah just you know help help See, those around you like in the music industry of all industries like everyone um everyone tends to like get 17 jobs or move around and like it often comes around. Um, and that's good or bad. I've had, I've had that work out for me and I've had that really not work out for me. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, treat those well who you can treat well. Like, you know, Jesse's a big jerk a lot of the time, but he often does people, right? I'm, I'm a really nice person except for what I'm talking about and I get angry. Don't talk about Taylor Swift for five seconds of summer. And then I'm a really nice. Person. I did this Reddit AMA today. 
And, I saw. Uh, I, I saw. Yeah, I, mean, I was just telling everybody to troll you. I had a really good joke that I was going to do with it, but then I decided. Not I was to hoping, you. like, I mean, not a lot of people came, but I was hoping like there was going to be more trolling of me. So, see, I, see, I was going to troll you. I was going to do fuck, Mary kill, and do me, Evan, and Thomas, and see and see. Oh, would have been so easy. 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 Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would have been really easy. Nice. Would have nice. killed Thomas. <laughs> I figured that. Figured yeah. that. But uh, <laughs> hmm, this could get awkward now. Got to pick. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. pitting Evan and I against each other. No, yeah, I mean, look, I, like, I'm not necessarily trying to fuck you, but Evan, <laughs> Evan would make a great wife. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I, I mean, let's be honest here. When I, as somebody who's still single at 37, I think a lot of people have chosen that for me over the years. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, anyway, so getting that job. Or actually, we should answer questions about the internship. Yes, yes, is- we're going so long. And so we're going to do a few internship questions. Um, and you can ask us questions for all those listening to this show for the first time at uh, by tweeting hashtag AskOTR. Uh, and we'll get those questions and we'll uh, credit your name in there. We should say we're going to do a follow-up to these two episodes in the future. So if you have any more questions that we didn't answer during this whole thing, you can eventually get those answered to us when we do a future episode about this. Yes, that is accurate. Um, so from at Gina Tabaschio, how do you maintain a connection in the music industry without being annoyed by constantly reaching out? Good question. Um, it's a great question. I would like, I'm, I'm kind of going through this now. Um, <laughs> uh, back to the crush guy. Uh, He's a good contact to have, right? Like, yeah. dude, like, is one of the key pre- people on, like, Fallout Boy's team and Andrew McMahon's team and, like, you know, bands I like a lot or artists I love. Um, but we don't, by any means, operate in the same world, really, right? Like, mm. he's three universes above me. But I want to stay in touch because it's maybe in my best interest, too. So what I would say, like, actually, I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I think social media is one of the best ways to stay on people's minds. I think tweeting at Facebooking, I consciously reach out to people on social media. And I'll sometimes just show my existence. And if anybody's friends with me on Facebook, for example, they know I never post. I basically only post to talk about when I'm excited about an episode on here or a record I've done. Right. Every once in a while, I'll get a little mad at Chris Christie. <laughs> Chris Christie? Yeah. I mean, we know how me and him don't get along. Yeah. Um, I will go out of my way, though, to... Make people just remember I exist sometimes on social media just so that I stay on their mind because a lot of what I get hired by is people remembering Jesse's the guy to send your record to for this. Jesse's the guy to master. Jesse's the guy who knows about this thing. You should talk to him. One of my things is you could be pretty subtle in this is favoriting a tweet here and there. Like when so many people say I don't get Twitter, it's like – Twitter, in some ways, in addition to being the best way to ingest your news and your information, it's a great way to just stay on people's mind and stay having them remember you. Favoring a tweet, retweeting something, asking a question, saying ha 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 sometimes, making a funny quip, all those go light years of ways to maintaining a connection. Yeah, I mean, there's really like nothing wrong with any of that, Um, especially if you're adding and not like subtracting, right? Like, yeah. Like a ha-ha is obviously fine, but <clears throat> if every once in a while you can like engage in an interesting conversation with someone, like eventually that person will just want to engage with you. And maybe that sounds like really gross that we're putting it into that kind of like talking terms, but you know, I've become really good, like naturally without, you know, forcing it or something weird. Like I've become very good friends with a few people over Twitter that I don't know at all, that I mm-hmm. didn't know at all personally and that we just we just got to talking on Twitter over time, and now we're really good friends. Um, like say Nick, like Nick Mango, our mutual friend who runs a company, a great company called Limited Run. Um, he's kind of the perfect example where um, Thomas, like my partner, and I use uh, his platform uh, to sell our vinyl on for our record store. But I didn't know him personally. Thomas did, but I started following him on Twitter, and he started following me, and. We just became uh, real good friends after that, and now we're working on something together. It's cool how that happens. Uh, But that was not, like, fake, right? It was organic. The next question is, Hi, I know you two work in a pretty DIY manner, but could you think of some pros and cons to working in a more corporate major label setting? Uh, I think you learn a lot from a from a different world. Um, Yeah. Like like we said earlier in this episode, it's okay if you end up loving or hating that, but... um, the way a major label works is so different than a way like a little DIY label works or similarly different from a way a uh, bigger like indie label works. Um, like everyone works at different scale. Your 
the budgets are crazy different. The, the employees are different. Uh, I would say that like, if you're working at a major label, you may be getting coffee more, um, for your boss because at an indie label or something, for example, like they may actually need you more. J tree has three interns cause we need them all right now. None of them are getting coffee for us. Well, at the same time, like it's all about making yourself worthwhile as long as the employer is open to it. Um, so I think it's great. I think it's just, again, trying something new and seeing where that can get you. I think that that's pretty damn good advice. I think that there's also a thing like, obviously, you know, you could get 401ks and stuff like that if that's your thing. And I think that there's also a thing of that uh, learning to work with a lot of people in an office setting sometimes is a good thing for some people's personality and sometimes is very detrimental to their personality. Definitely. It's, it's good to learn. And, you know, with any job you get, internship, paying job, whatever, it's just good to learn how the world works, especially when you're young. Um, like when I was 18, 19, we, I had, um, you know, I've, uh, our second videographer for Property Zach, Eric Titi, um, who I now like manage for vi his video stuff. Um, he was a volunteer for Property Zach, just like all our employees were. We didn't pay them. They were all just giving their own time and, you know, time is money. And, you know, I was kind of taking Eric for granted. Um, and while he was on a shoot and I was there, he was kind of just like, hey, like, I'm not mad, but it would just be great if you could be more appreciative. And I was like, damn, that's true. Um, you know, and it, it's good to kind of learn the world around you because you can so often just get stuck in how you think the world works. Great point. So first job, I think a lot of this apply for the internship stuff applies to this. But what do you have to do? What would you say is different about the first job? To me, um, yeah, maybe we'll keep this one shorter. It's just that um, it's your first job can be in like a lot of ways. And this is kind of cliche. It's just like it's your first impression, right? Um, it's okay if you don't work for the best company in the world. It's okay. Like, like Jesse was saying, like if you're managing a really bad band or whatever, right? Like it's ultimately just really important that you pick up good habits for yourself. Um, and that's what I think is most vital is, is working well. And, you know, you're always going to deal with people that you don't like, or that get on your nerves from time to time, or you're going to be in situations that are not ideal. But at the end of the day, like don't let their habits become yours. And, you know, let your let if you have bad habits, let them go. It's really possible that whatever whatever kind of mindset you get into in your first real job if you're there for more than a week um can can be ingrained in you and there's nothing wrong with that assuming that they're not bad habits um you know just do your best because it could very much have like a long lasting effect on where you go for the rest of your life so i think what would be fun is to do because i think we've really covered a lot of this yeah but i think there'd be some fun stuff to do is to uh, a few generalizations that I think of that you could yet again weigh in on if you agree with me. One, you should try to stay at your first job for at least a year, no matter how much you hate the people, no matter how toxic it is, no matter how any adjective that you're not liking, because you have no bearing on what a working environment should be and you need to learn some certain skills. One of the things I really notice about people, and you know, as someone who kind of like could say like, I've not had many real jobs like, I worked at, like, a Tower Records. I walked out of work at Guitar Center after three days. Like, you have to learn a standard of what's good and bad. And, like, one of the funny things for me is, like, uh, Alan Douches, who's been at this time probably at it for about 20 years, the first record I produced that was a long record, like, where I had to work with the band for an entire year, which is something I do all the time now. That's patience. Yeah, and sometimes records take that long to make. It was a hip-hop record that actually was the first record I ever did that went top with a top 40 single. I produced this record. Are you talking about Limp Bizkit? No, I'm not, actually. Um, So this guy in this band, I could not stand him. He was a fucking asshole. But Alan said it to me. He's like, you now know how to deal with an asshole. You got that crash course, and instead of getting it halfway through your career and being like, I'm too biggest, you're now going to always be able to work with these assholes and handle them great. And he's like... It's just a shame this happened to you early on, but you stuck with it. When you're first getting a job, you think all these things are terrible. You're you are that Chris Drock joke of like he has that joke of uh that every woman work uh thinks there's somebody at their job that's trying to ruin them. And he's like, girl, you wrap gifts at Macy's. Like no one's trying to ruin you. No one odds are is trying to ruin you. You got to learn what it's like to work with other people. Stick with it go through it right no i agree uh like I, you know i don't mind saying like i'm still getting used to working for jaytree um it's such a different environment than i've had before i've been at the job for going on seven months now maybe um i i, I got on at the end of 
June, beginning of July, really. Um, and it's just so different. Um, there's two bosses that, you know, could be, are, are younger than my dad, but, you know, could be like, are, are, have, like, one of them has kids, you know, like, they're, I'm an employee for a company that's 25 years old now, and um, working for JTree is so much different than working for my, like, working with Thomas on um, Bad Timing, or working by myself for Property Zach, and it's not like I wanted to quit a month in or anything, but I was definitely, like, finding struggles of, like, this is not how I operate, uh, this must be so wrong, and it, it was that I wasn't open to, any, like, working the way anyone else wanted to work. Um, and that doesn't mean they were right or I was wrong or vice versa. It just means, like, people work in different ways and that doesn't make them better or worse necessarily. Um, and I, I like we've both said now a bunch of times, like, you're just educating yourself, learning patience, learning how to deal with people, and eventually you see things and you take those with you. If if they're bad things, you you can learn not to repeat them. If they're good things, you can instill them elsewhere. And yeah, I definitely think staying at a job for a year, unless it's like god awful for a bad reason, is 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 good. Yeah, and obviously this is barring like extreme sexual harassment or violence, but in general, you should stick with it. Two cover letter is something people slave over. And I think it's one of the least important things. No one does and doesn't get a job by a cover letter most of the time. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I mean, I've never made a cover letter. I just ultimately like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, the only thing I could say with the, the cover letter, I think it probably depends on like the industry you're looking to get into. Sure, but in general, in the music business. The only other thing I could say with advice though is. Three sets of educated eyes, and I mean this for everything major you do. Like, I even took it to the point of, like, when we would do press releases for Man Overboard Records. Three people who can form a sentence. (laughs) And your mom. Not your friend who who types you are every time they mean you're and gets there, there, and there wrong every time. Three sets of educated eyes. Let them see it. It's not going to be the end of the world. It's not, your cover letter is not going to be what gets you the job or doesn't. I know it seems like the biggest thing in the world because you've been talking to adults, but you're in the music business that's not going to be the thing. Agree or disagree? I'm, I'm with you. Your first job is not going to be your last job, most likely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So <laughs> what you're trying to do here is, one, get a good recommendation to go up to something better. So do you have you given out, like, let me ask you a quick question. Um, yeah. And this may just answer the whole question. It's just kind of like, um, I meant to ask you this before and I forgot. Um, have you been called many times for recommendations? Like to give to give someone else a recommendation? So here's something I, I don't want to say because I don't want it to happen even more. Everybody and their mother writes down that they worked for me, and 90% of these people don't. They're just my friends. Half the guys in bands, they write down that they worked for me for three years, and I lie on the phone that they did work for me. I do it for everybody because everybody knows they can call me up, and I'll say nice, polite things in a peppy voice with a soft thing, unlike how I talk on here. Huh. Um, That's funny. Yeah, anytime anyone's ever put me down, they've asked me beforehand. They, now, I've had – when people don't ask me beforehand, if I'm not that fond of them, I've blown up two people's spots in the last, like, 60, 90 days because they didn't ask me. I get this – I do this, like, once every two weeks. No, Not even kidding you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not above that. So but that it does get into an interesting thing that though recommendations in the music business, not many people call. Now, if they know the person, I've gotten tons of emails from somebody who I know, like, let's say it's like somebody at a record label I know and they go, hey, you know this person? I say, yeah, they are. And I'll say my honest opinion of right, them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I've gotten a lot or even me, I've emailed people that I've seen no friends of mine and to check in on them, um, whether it's an intern or someone that I'm going to hire to do some work or whatever, or like a merch guy, obviously, right? Like, um, yeah, checking, even checking is, you're going to be checked on probably. Yeah. So, and I think that's the thing is too with lying is that you better check up on that lie. I mean, everybody, let's also say this 10% of the truth can be bent on your resume and get away with it at all times. Just knowing that how much is 10% is a good thing. And knowing uh, how much is 90% is also a good thing. That's, that's a great point, Zach. Thank you. I'm learning math. Oh, so the point I wanted to make about the, this be, not being your last job was odds are you're working for the resume experience and the recommendation. You're not working to get to be the CEO at this company. And a lot of music business places, that's not even possible that you're ever going to be the CEO because it was started by a label. I think it's a very important thing to remember that you're trying to maintain relationships with people. And even if they act like assholes, being the bigger person will get you very far 
And I think that's a very big thing to remember. But when you get to be old like me and somebody acts like an asshole, you can say, hey, I've been doing this so long, I don't have to take this bullshit. You can fuck off. Yeah, we're all going to uh, go back on that and mess up at times. Like, there are people that I've not been the bigger person to, you know, and it's come back to bite me. Um, but That's not good, Zach. No. I'm pretty much all, I, I'm very good at it. If there's one thing I could say I'm a pro at, it's being the bigger person. I've got a few, I've got a publicist or two on my list. Uh, you know, I really, I really bothered Razor and Ty when I said that they shouldn't support Attila, you know. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I think it's really important because like it, it's not like we're trying to be stale with what we're saying, but at the same time, like you're going to be talking. Unfortunately, it's very rare. Anyone gets rich in the music industry. Um, and that means we're all here forever until we're dead. And, uh, uh, or we quit to get a real job, uh, cause punk is dead. And, uh, that means you're going to be talking to these same people at different jobs forever. And having friends in many places is really good. Uh, thank you for listening to Off the Record this week. If you're tuning in for the first time on Adobe, you can check on check up on us at offtherecord.fm. Uh, future episodes will be less jargony and more uh, talking about Taylor Swift and Five Seconds of Summer by accident. Uh, we're on Twitter at offtherecord.fm. Jesse is at Jesse Cannon, and I'm at Z Zarillo. Uh, we're really excited to do this every week, and uh, thanks. <laughs>